This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. I'm in the middle of a series called No Excuse, and today we're going to talk about no excuse to blame. No excuse to blame. And I believe, I really believe this could be a life-changing message for you today. I think God wants to show you a key that's going to change the way you live your life. And so I want you to get your hearts ready. Can we pray together? Father, we thank you, Lord, that it's the Word of God that changes life. We thank you, Lord, that it's the Word of God that touches us. It's the Word of God that makes a huge difference in our lives. We want to see that difference today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We need a reform. We hear about reform all the time. Tax reform, immigration reform, health care reform. The word reform is talked about constantly. But I want to suggest to you a different type of reform today. And this type of reform will touch everything that I just mentioned and many, many other things. Here's the reform I'm talking about. We need a reform of responsibility. A reform of responsibility. Now, when you talk about leadership, there are dozens and dozens of excellent definitions of leadership. And there's no definition that is just comprehensive. This is the definition of leadership. We, we take all of these different definitions to help guide us and form what a leader is. But I love this definition of leadership. It's not in your notes, but you're going to want to write it down. Leadership is responsibility. Leadership is responsibility. Those things you take responsibility for, you lead, and those responsibilities that you shun, those things you avoid. Now, there was a book that came out that called The Millionaire Mindset. The Millionaire, Millionaire Mindset. And in this book, they looked at what common characteristics made a millionaire. And as they looked at all the different common characteristics, here was a conclusion from the millionaire mindset. All of the millionaires, those who had earthly success, did not complain, did not justify, and they did not make excuses. Now think about that for a second. Of all the characteristics a leader could have, a, a millionaire can have, those who attained that level of earthly success did not complain, did not justify, and did not blame. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be everything God called you to be? Do you want to reach a level of success that God has for you? If you want to reach that, you're going to have to lay down the excuse of blame. You're going to have to lay down blame and instead pick up responsibility and the responsibility that God wants you to have. Let's talk a little bit about what it is, why we blame. Why is it that we blame? And we'll go to Genesis chapter 3, to the beginning, and we find that the excuse to blame started at the very beginning of our human existence. In verse 8, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to them, called to the man, where are you? Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. 
And 11, and he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. From the beginning, as soon as sin entered the world, as soon as man first made a mistake, the first reaction we have in a mistake is to blame somebody else. Why is that? Let me suggest the first thing is this. is because of our insecurities. We blame because we're covering our insecurities. Look at verse 10. When God came to look for man, He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And so many of us, we don't take responsibility and we pass the blame on other people because we're afraid to show who we really are. Our insecurities want us to cover up who we really are. And so we blame our education, our lack of. We blame our boss, our ex-boss. We blame our spouse. We blame our pastor. We blame our parents. It's everybody else's fault. I'm not taking responsibility because if I take responsibility, people will see who I really am. Our insecurity causes us to blame other people. We think that if we take the blame, people might discover that we are not perfect. Can I tell you that? He is God and we're not. And this whole game we play, blaming other people, blaming other situations, just to protect our image, it's just like Adam and Eve, hiding behind the tree covering their nakedness because, because they had sinned and they didn't want to blame someone. A confident person, a person who has confidence in who God made them, is okay when people discover their deficiencies. That's called authenticity and being an authentic leader or an authentic person. That I am not making excuses for my behavior but I'm also not blaming someone else. I'm taking full responsibility for the condition that I'm in. A wise man once told me this statement, and it stuck with me the rest of my life. He said, Aaron, don't ever trust a person who doesn't have or walk with a limp. Don't ever trust a person who doesn't walk with a limp. And we think about Jacob and how Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life broken of God, but dependent upon Him. Because we are not perfect. He is. And when we're trying to cover our insecurities, we blame others. And that becomes an excuse in our life. The second reason we might blame is because we fear consequences. And that's obviously, obviously, fearing consequences why Adam and Eve quickly passed on the blame. When we understand the penalty for our sin, it makes it much harder to be honest. We're not honest because we don't want to pay the price. But today as believers, as we journey through this talk today, you're going to see how you have to lay down that excuse of blame. And you have to be responsible. And when you do, it's going to free you up to be the person God has called you to be. A revolution of responsibility. I think about men in here and the fact that 
What we need more than anything in our culture is for men to take responsibility. Responsibility for the condition of our family. Responsibility for the happiness of our spouse. Responsibility for the happy, the, the uh, development and the discipline of our children. And there's something in us as men that we don't want to take responsibility. It's like the initial curse. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so we have single moms growing up and we have uh, uh, raising children by themselves with an empty household, an uninvolved dad, and we have court systems that are tied up that have to make men support their children through child support. And can I tell you, that is not the will of God. There is a responsibility that men have. And men, let's not be deceived by the enemy and resist that responsibility. Let's step in to the responsibility God has for us and to be the man he wants us to be. We have to take responsibility of our homes. We have to take responsibility for our job performance. You know, I am just amazed sometimes at how people are entitled. They feel like they deserve a raise. They deserve a bonus. They deserve anything that, that they can, any benefit they can get just because they show up for work. You know what? Showing up for work is what you get paid for. All the extra stuff is what you earn. And you have to take responsibility for your job. You know, if you continually have a bad job performance and you had a bad job performance three jobs ago and two jobs ago and the last job, maybe it's not the job's fault. Maybe it's yours. And unless you take responsibility and figure out there's a trend here and the trend is not with every boss I've ever had. The trend is with the man in the mirror. I didn't mean to say that. Now I want to sing the song. The trend... It's with me and take responsibility. I think that in the area of our financial situation, we always want to blame someone else. Can I tell you that our financial situation is our doing? That we live in a country of opportunity. We live in a country where your skill and your work ethic and your behavior can take you to the top. It might take you a while to get there, but you have to focus on that, that we spend more than we make, and that's why we're in debt. You know, Visa and MasterCard doesn't make us spend their money. We choose to spend their money. Our savings account is a direct reflection of our habits. And now I say all of that because there is a responsibility. Why is it that we need to lay down the excuse of blame? Here's the first point. Because we are people of responsibility. We are people of responsibility. As God's people, we have to stand up and take responsibility for our behavior and our life and our situation. It's not the will of God for you to blame. It's not the will of God for you to defer. It's the will of God for you to say, this is where I am now, but it's not where I'm going to be tomorrow. This is the choices I've made today, but it doesn't mean I have to stay there. Because if you're always blaming someone else, you'll never get to the root of the cause. The root of the cause is your sinfulness and your selfishness. And God is available to empower you. God is available to teach you. God is available to make you the man and the woman of God He's called you to be. But if you always deflect the blame, then you will always deflect the opportunity to grow. If you always deflect the blame to someone else, you'll always deflect the opportunity to lead. If you always deflect the opportunity and blame someone else, you deflect the opportunity to improve. 
The other reason that we have no excuse to blame is two, we are people who are not afraid of discipline. As God's people, we are not afraid of discipline. We live in a culture that shrinks back from discipline. We live in a culture that sees discipline as a negative negative reality. But can I tell you that discipline is the most loving thing you can have in your life. When I was in high school, we had a junior high pastor at my church who decided to mentor me, and he let me teach the junior high Sunday school. And for a short period of about nine months to a year, he was in my life. And when he would speak at other churches, I would travel with him. And I spent a lot of uh, time with him and got very close to him and very became very personal friends with him. Well, we were on a trip one time, and I was like a co-leader. And I was sitting in the back of the van, and this gentleman was driving the van, and he said, Aaron, Aaron, would you, would you look and make sure I don't back up too fast or I don't hit anything behind me? And as he's backing up the van, I, was, I just said in a very haughty, disrespectful way, I just said, James, don't go so fast. All my wisdom of nine months of driving at 16, I just was just, just like, dude, what's your problem? Why are you backing up so fast? And it was just, it was innocent, but it just came across very, uh, very disrespectful. It came across just too familiar with him in front of all the students that he led. James was very wise, and he just responded and didn't say anything. And, and later on that night, he called me aside and said, I need to talk to you about something. And he went on in a very appropriate and loving way, explained to me how what I did, though innocent, was disrespectful and it undermined his leadership. And it was a very, very uncomfortable conversation. It, it, I didn't like it. I wasn't used to being corrected. I didn't have that type of relationship with him up to that point. Um, I was embarrassed. And I didn't like the scrutiny in my life. It was a hard conversation. And it, and it wounded me a little bit because I wanted to be perfect. Or I wanted to, to, to be as good as I could as a young leader. And it, and it wounded me and it was hard. But can I tell you that from that day forward, I've had lots of different pastors and coaches and mentors and teachers in my life. And to my knowledge, I have never publicly disrespected them. Never had an issue with that. And here's the reason why. Because somebody loved me enough to discipline me. And then God gave me the wisdom to take that, to take that responsibility and to say, yeah, that was a mistake. Yes, that was wrong. And I acquired wisdom in that moment. If I would have blamed him and said, well, he's a jerk and he didn't know my motives and he, he, he didn't know what I meant and how dare him judge me and how dare him question my loyalty and how dare him say that. If I would have used all that kind of stuff, then I might have been a 34-year-old brat today not knowing how to submit to authority. Do you understand that discipline, when we are people of discipline, we embrace discipline. And we understand that discipline has a role in our life. And we take responsibility for our actions because that is how God wants us to grow in wisdom and to change our behavior. That's why Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 is such a beautiful verse that says this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent His rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son as as a father the son he delights in
Look at 12 again. The Lord discipline those He loves. An immature person will never be corrected. An immature person is always above correction and therefore they never grow and they stay at the same intellectual and emotional level. Those of us who understand the role of discipline and we understand the role of discipline, then we love it and we embrace it and we acquire wisdom. Now, my gifting, I'm an exhorter and I love to encourage and come on, let's go for God and the Lord bless you and keep you and let's and let's just all feel good. We've been here at church and the devil's wrong and let's just be excited for Jesus. I don't know if that vibe comes out in a lot of my messages or, or, or as I speak, but I will tell you this. Even though I love to encourage people and I believe that's my primary spiritual gift, if you don't hear a sermon that never stings you a little bit, then you're probably not hearing the full counsel of the Word of God. I mean, a sermon, a message, the Word of God is sharp, and it divides, and it cuts sometimes, and it cuts through bad attitudes and wrong perspectives. And so if you don't ever hear a sermon that just stings a little bit, I mean, I don't want us to be like a masochist, like, just bludgeon me from the pulpit. You know, some people like that, they just love to just be boom, 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 boom. That was good. You know, every week, every week, every week. You know, there's a balance here, uh, but... But if you never hear something that challenges your thought processes or stings a little bit, then you're probably not hearing the full counsel. And so I just say, Lord, bring on the discipline. Can, can, we, can we pray that to the Lord? We want to say, Lord, bring on the blessing. Bring on the prosperity. Bring on the wisdom. But that comes through discipline. And maybe we should pray, Lord, bring on the discipline. Lord, you love me. When you correct me, when you set boundaries in my life, when the Holy Spirit says, no, you don't go there. No, you don't talk that way. No, you don't spend time with that type of person. And it's hard to cut off those relationships. And it's hard to change the habits of where we go. And it's difficult to turn our eyes away from things that we enjoy or want to be a part of. But when the Holy Spirit says, no, His discipline in our life is a reflection of His love. And so we deflect the blame and instead take the discipline. Can I just tell you, and this might be a word for someone, that a closed door in your life may be the greatest sign of love God has ever shown you. I'm going to say that again. A closed door in your life may be the greatest sign of love God has ever shown you. You know, God has closed a lot of doors in my life. And, you know, I'm so glad because if he hadn't, I wouldn't be standing right here. And I would, listen, there is not a pulpit in the world, or in this case, you know, a metal stand, that which I love, so this is it. There's not a place in the world I would rather teach the Word of God on a weekly basis. There's not a people I would rather be with. There's not a church I would rather be a part of than this one right here. And if God hadn't closed some doors, I wouldn't be here today. But he loved me and He disciplined me, and He knows that closed doors are sometimes an expression of His love. Here's the last reason why we can be people who can lay down the excuse of blame. It's because we are a people who understand the power of perpetual grace. Now, we understand the power of perpetual grace. Now, stick with me for a second, because this will make more sense. Grace is God's undeserved favor. It's that which He gives us at salvation. 
But grace is not a one-time event. Grace is a lifestyle. Grace is something we live in. How many would say, you can just raise your hand, thank God that we live under grace. Would you agree with me? You can raise your hand. If you thank God we live in grace. Grace is still working on us. That's why 1 John 1.9 says this, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So even though we get salvation, we continually confess our sins, we continually repent, and He continually brings us righteousness. God's undeserved favor, Titus 2 and 11 and 12 says it so well, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. God's undeserved favor. Now, why is it that we can take responsibility? Why is it that we can take responsibility and throw off the blame? We can do that because we are people who live in perpetual grace. We understand this truth, that our mistakes are not final. We understand that. We understand that. When we mess something up, it's not fatal. That God is not a God who treats us as our sins deserve. But He forgives our sins. And He gives us a second chance, and a third chance, and a fifth, sixth, seventh. He gives us as many chances as we need. That's His undeserved favor. So when you mess up, and when you, when you look at your life and you say, why am I in this condition? Instead of blaming everybody else, Take responsibility and know that the God who saved you, the God who took your destiny out of hell and put it into heaven, is the same God that will take your stupid choices and your mistakes and your immaturity and He will take that and His grace will cover it. But He can never take you to a new place if you don't take responsibility for what you've done. He can never move you on to something new if you don't take responsibility for where you've been. When I realized that to be a leader, I had to read. I did what every seventh grader does. I got this really, really amazing periodical and started reading it called Sports Illustrated. And I remember reading a quote that stuck with me. It's probably the first quote I ever remembered. It was by this obscure linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. His name's not important because only two or three of you would remember him. And he was talking about how the Eagles had chosen him to be a captain of the team. And he said this. He said, a leader is someone who's willing to stand up and admit when they've messed up. A leader is someone who's willing to stand up and admit when they've messed up. Can I tell you that you have to lead yourself. You have to lead yourself before you can lead anyone. Before you can be the father and the husband God wants you to be. Before you can be the mother, the wife, the employee, you have to lead yourself and say, I'm done passing on the blame. And because of his greatness, because I love his discipline, and because I'm in his perpetual grace, I'm going to take responsibility for my life. I'm not going to, make, I'm not going to blame anything else anymore. I'm going to allow his grace to work in me. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.